Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Do you want to listen to a podcast? By who? Georgia GOP Congressman Doug Collins. How, how is it? The greatest thing I have ever heard in my whole life. I could not believe my ears. In this house, wherever the rules are disregarded, chaos and mob rule. It has been said today, where is bravery? I'll tell you where bravery is found and courage is found. It's found in this minority who has lived through the last year of nothing but rules being broken, people being put down, questions not being answered. And this majority say, be damned with anything else. We're going to impeach and do whatever we want to do. Why? Because we won an election. I guarantee you, one day you'll be back in the minority and it ain't going to be that fun. You know, when we're back here on the Doug Collins podcast, I... You know, there are certain days when you just get up and you begin your day and you start looking at things. And, and the world, coming off of a Thanksgiving break, uh, you know, we you take a few minutes to get back you know, going. You start looking over the, the headlines. You start looking at the world. I mean, I've been watching football and, you know, my number one Georgia Bulldogs, you know, watching uh, the the amazing, you know, college games that were on Saturday, I mean, from up and down uh, the whole the, the headlines. And... You know, seeing occasional politics, I mean, a lot of lots coming up. And then all of a sudden, we start hearing over the weekend of this uh, new variant of the uh, COVID uh, crisis, and it's, it's the Omicron variant. Now, first, I want to start off in saying, as we go through this, uh, it is interesting that it is the Omicron is what they're calling it, because they just skipped uh, G and Nu and, and others, and mainly not wanting to, and the WHO, the who I call them the WHO because it's a Horton Hears a WHO, it's the World Health Organization, it has decided that they didn't want to offend, that G was a common name. Well, isn't Delta a common name? It's the name of a major uh, airline. I mean, you, you know, coronavirus is, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense. It goes back to the fact they didn't want to highlight again and highlight attention of the Wuhan labs and where this all frankly started. And that was in, in China. Now, again, not to argue the point of, of whatever, but it is sort of interesting that we've had trouble with the uh, World Health Organization from the beginning, number one, not wanting to investigate, not wanting to see where this is coming from, giving out, you know, uh, not holding China very much accountable in the early stages of this um, virus as it's been you know, coming up on now two years that we're looking at this. In looking at this new variant, I, I looked at it and I was, I was thinking about it, and we're going to talk about it here this, this morning, not in the sense of it, for those who have listened to me before, I have fully admitted I am uh, vaccinated, that I uh, did that on my own choice. There was reasons to do that and, and with some family members. And so uh, that's something that I've done, but it's my choice. Now, I believe there's a real issue with what Joe Biden is doing uh, with the uh, mandates. We've talked about those a little bit here. But the one thing that I want to focus on is what happened when all of a sudden this new variant came out. The first reaction was sort of a worldwide panic. You saw on Friday, the stock market crashed. A little bit. It, it took a, a, a it didn't crash, but it took a, a dive down on the fears of lockdowns and other things to come from this uh, variant. And the Biden administration uh, immediately, swiftly moved to uh, restrict travel 
from these African countries, where the especially South Africa and the others around the Southern Horn down there, that, where this is coming from. It is amazing to me that, again, this administration has absolutely, it seems like, no self-awareness when it comes to what they are doing. And, you know, this is the same group that, uh, you know, was criticizing President Trump, you know, being very skeptical about vaccines and all before they got into office or before they won uh, last year. And then afterwards, seemingly took credit for it. Uh, you know, and then started pushing uh, the vaccine, never, you know, going back to the fact that this was the one thing you're looking back on it from a, the President Trump actually through Operation Warp Speed had not done, we would not have had the vaccine that they purport so much right now. Again, the first thing they did was, was ban travel. It harkened back to the very things that um, the candidate Biden and candidate Harris were talking about accusing basically uh, President Donald Trump of racism because of what he was doing and how he was putting this together. So uh, his travel bans and, and said travel bans didn't work and it went back and forth. Again, just the first of many hypocrisies that would later uh, come from this administration, but he did it. Uh, and again, the, the administration and their, their willing, uh, helpful press, uh, saw no contradiction in saying that this is, you know, this is just what needs to be done and it's transparency. Uh, now there's a little bit of, of controversy on the, from the mainstream media saying that, well, this is going to keep uh, some from, you know, actually being reporting if they're going to get uh, banned. Well, again, the, the question is, do you want transparency or do you not want transparency? Uh, the left, you know, seemingly only wants it when it uh, benefits them. So, the interesting thing is I began to look at this, this the virus and in the South African doctors where it was first uh, brought out. And I want to focus on this because I, I want true information. I'm not a doctor. Don't play to be a doctor. Don't say I'm just reporting facts as you know we see them. This is what we do here on the podcast. We try to give you information and, and let you make the decisions. That's what conservatives do. Let's take all the information. You make your decision and figure out what you need to, to do with it. And so I started looking and, and reading uh, quotes, which you're not going to see. Uh, frankly, it didn't seem like because I, I tried right even right before uh, taping today. I sat down again and tried to find, uh, and it took me a minute to go through another Google search or, to, or you know, to another uh, duck duck search to find anything where it went back to the original South African doctors who said that the, basically what they're seeing, they wanted to highlight it, but what they're seeing is the symptoms are very mild at this point. In fact, at this point over the weekend, they said they have not you know, been admitting, they've not been a, a heightened case, and you know, it may be changing as we speak, but right now it seemed to just be a, a variant that they're seeing, contagious, different variant, but was not, uh, at this point, the symptoms were relatively mild. We're seeing this, this come along. So the reaction around the world, uh, from Japan to the United States to others, is is this shutdown mode, this, this keeping world travel away, uh, seems to be, again, a very knee-jerk reaction uh, to what is going on and to something that is, you know, playing out as a virus does. And I think this is the, the concerning part. I bring all this up not to, you know, discourage people, you know, who want to get the vaccine or get the booster shot. That's your choice. Go get it. It's out there for you. Um, I think we're going to end up in a very much different situation if we continue uh, down this path of, of force mandates on the federal government, large companies, as the Biden administration wants to do, or, or our military. Those are going to be all areas that we're going to have to deal with, and especially when you're not dealing with some of the issues 
as someone who's had to deal with this through the Air Force and through other things, these these religious exemptions, through medical exemptions, through you know what it is for you know those who are pregnant uh, or getting pregnant, uh, taking this vaccine, and, and there's not a doctor willing to talk to, and I've talked to many of them who will say that they can give you a certainty guarantee that there's no uh, risk or, or things through a pregnancy. It doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. it doesn't mean that's again up to you, but it's not as if it was. What really, however, struck me is the comments over the weekend by what has become now known is however you want to call him, uh, you can like him, dislike him, uh, Anthony Fauci has become the face of the last two, almost two years in the United States when it comes to this, this virus. And the thing about it is, though, is that Anthony Fauci has not been the stalwart of a one, a, a straightforward opinion. He's been changing. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But the thing about it is there's built up this mythology, it seems like, around Anthony Fauci, that anything this man says, we ought to follow, even if he changes his mind less than a week or two after it. And and anything that Fauci says has become the, the end all to beat all. However, this weekend, I want to read you um, something that came out uh, in one of his interviews this week, and it was uh, a decision and a discussion that really, for me, sort of highlights this uh, problem when he is on uh, the uh, Face the Nation this weekend. He was answering, uh, you know, instead of answering the challenges to what has been going on, remember, he's been carrying on a long-running feud with, with Ron, uh, Rand Paul. He's been carrying on a feud with Ted Cruz. There's been others back and forth with his contradictions and, frankly, lying to Congress. We've sort of shown, we have shown that to be true, especially in the Wuhan lab and the NIH funding. Uh, that has all been shown to that he's lied to Congress uh, in this case. But this is what he was said when talking about this. He said on uh, Face the Nation, he says, anybody who is looking at this carefully realizes that there is a distinct anti-science flavor to this. He's talking about the criticism. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they are talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people can recognize that there's a person there. So it's very, it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Wow, you know, for, for Star Wars fans out there, the Palpatine quote, I am the Senate. You know. I am the Senate. Going back, uh, you know, the, the John Lennon, we're more popular than, than God, so to speak. You know, the, these this very self-absorbed statement coming from Anthony Fauci saying that I am science. I represent science. I and, and folks, if this is the, the representation of science coming out from our country today, then we've got a real problem that we need to look at. I don't deny uh, Anthony Fauci's, uh, you know, years of service. I, I, I do find it interesting that all of his years of service, he's been separated from a lot of uh, the actual, uh, you know, every day in the hospital kind of of work that, that many of these these happen upon you know to deal with but he's been our uh, lead uh, person on these infectious diseases and things for for many many years uh, how he stayed in that position for so long is again up for a lot of questions but the problem that we're seeing here is if 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 Fauci represents science if he, if that is his if as I just read where he says it's easy to criticize but they're really criticizing science and I represent science then I just have a few thoughts on, on what do you actually represent? What does that mean 
that you represent science. Not that I'm, it's, you're not a doctor, not that you're not one who's been invested in scientific research, but the problem is, is Anthony Fauci, I think, unfortunately seems to like a TV camera better than he likes waiting to see what, uh, you know, could actually be uh, occurring. He's willing to, to speak off the cuff. He's willing to speak without science, if you would, on many occasions. In fact, he, he's flip-flopped or been wrong on a host of different issues related to the coronavirus and related to the things going on. I mean, this is issues ranging from, from the mask to the severity. Um, but one of the things is it, it, it really bothers a great deal of, of us is this issue of, of shutdowns. And last year, on March 8th, this is 2020, he described lockdown measures in China as draconian. And he stated that such restrictions wouldn't be feasible in the U.S., more than a month after the World Health Organization had declared a global health emergency on June on January 30th. Okay, remember March 8th, January 30th. Days later, on March 15th, he changed positions and said he was open to a national 14-day shutdown to help stop the spread. In April, when pressed in a CNN interview on why social distancing lockdowns weren't implemented sooner, he sparked confusion when he said more lives obviously could have been saved if there hadn't been pushback to the lockdowns at the start of the pandemic. The very next day, she tried to, to backtrack his words. The, the media took that as President Trump at the time. The problem is, though, is Anthony Fauci was actually saying this. This is a shutdown issue um, that, you know, the contradictions and the contradictions early on in this uh, battle. Uh, later on in September, Fauci testified that he did not regret saying that the only way to stop the explosion of the infection was by shutting down. Um this is also a problem, and I want to touch on it here before we go on. This issue of shutdowns, and especially in schools, and the, the issue with masks, the mandates in school, but the shutting down of schools, um, has, has really, even over the last year especially, has played a, a very real role in, in the political world. I mean, this is something Fauci you know, tries to distance himself from all the time and say, I'm not dealing in the, the, the political, I'm just dealing in the science. And the reality is, is, is just, uh, it's just playing out very differently on the ground. We just saw this in Virginia. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. The voters in Virginia, by electing uh, Yunkin as the governor and Winsome Sears and others in that in that race, one of the underlying real components to that was the lockdowns and the shutdowns of schools in and around the Washington, D.C. area and, and in parts of Virginia. And in ones in which uh, McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, actually was going to probably continue or if, if not encourage. Uh, parents were tired of it. When you look at the statistics, the, and it's still to this day, the statistics still show that, the, that this virus, this, this coronavirus, COVID virus, is actually uh, far less impactful in school-age kids. Can it be spread? Can it be not? Yes, but as far as the actual virus itself, the numbers are exceedingly low compared to other uh, issues. And the shutdown of our schools, I think, is something that's going to come back and really be a problem for us you know, here, but it's, you know, affecting the world where if they've done it in other parts of the world, but here in the United States, I talking with a school superintendent last year during this shutdown, when they were trying to get back open and looking how the school and others were going to get back open last fall, um, in 2020. And this is, you know, just a half a year in, in this predicament. And they were trying to figure out how they were going to do last year. And, and some schools just continue to shut down. This was, the problem is that the shutdowns, especially in the schools, affected the ones that you believe that you 
think about but you don't want to think about. It affects those who are poor. It affects those of, that have do not have the resources. Lockdowns uh, only are, are, you know, frankly, the rich or those who have means or those who can do are the ones that can manage through a shutdown, whereas those of working class who need to go to jobs, who need to earn a living, who need to, to get their kids to school, who need to, are the ones that suffer the most, and especially kids who come from economic situations that are not good. School is their outlet for food. It's their outlet for social uh, interaction. It's their outlet for learning and growing uh, as they go. And so this, this idea that we continue to hear, and Fauci has talked about it over several times, talking about shutdowns or, or keeping kids, you know, keeping people away from each other at, at uh, uh, big events or, or Christmas or, or Thanksgiving and not having social interaction. You know, and the interesting part is, is we went through a football season here in, in the South and in the North as well, in, in which uh, I use the example of Athens, Georgia. In, in Georgia, is it, our numbers are down, yet we've had 90,000 people, you know, in Sanford Stadium on six weekends in uh, the fall and seen nothing of the of a spreader or an outside event that is, is caused our numbers to spike. Again, going back to Fauci and his own words and his discussions about staying away from each other, and we're not going to get to the mask yet. Get Hold me a minute there. But there's just so much to this virus we don't know. And the one thing that we do know is the shutdown effect, especially among the, the uh, kids, is something that we need to be aware of. Because what we're seeing is studies from the U.S. and abroad have already shown that uh, keeping kids from school had serious consequences. We saw suicide rates among youth rising in, in many parts of the world. Uh, children, you know, in other countries, you know, it has been shown to be getting basic life skills. Uh, mental health issues have uh, come up and increased. Um, and for many, if they were in abusive relationships or unfortunately, unfortunate uh sexual abuse or, or physical abuse relationships in their homes, they were being kept in the very place in which the, the abuse was, was uh, taking place. Uh, again, all come out of a, of a decision that it was better to keep people away. And then also the teachers unions, which we've already seen, had a very big role in that, not wanting to send their teachers back, but still wanting to get paid. Um, and, and it's beginning to have this effect. So Anthony Fauci has been on the different sides almost all the time but always on the side of seemingly what I say is stirring up a little bit of the fear factor. Now, the other thing that we talked about here, and, and as we go forward, is this issue of mask. Let's talk about mask. Um, if you were to hear the left, the left would, would say that, you know, I need to wear a mask anywhere. I'm telling you also right now, if you're riding down the road in your car by yourself and you're wearing a mask, I, I don't know what to do for you. I really don't. If you're in the car by yourself wearing a mask, and it, maybe there's a reason. I don't know what it could be, but I, this just shows you how consumed that, that we have uh, become on, on this issue of masks. Now, speaking of masks and, and mask mandates, uh, the same I am science, Anthony Fauci, said uh, March of last year, he said... Uh, in March that there was no reason to wear a mask. <laughs> but by April, he had joined the course of doctors and health agents encouraging the use of masks. Um, 
this is one asymptomatic uh, transmission. Early on, he said no problem with asymptomatic transmission. By the time August arrived, he said asymptomatic transmission is probably the biggest driver going on. Again, I don't bring these up necessarily to say, and for some of you out there who may be listening, if you're a liberal and you're listening to this and you, you just despise what I'm saying, hear me, I, I have no problem with evidence and science driving the facts. I have a great problem with a man who is entrusted with, as he says, I am science, if you're attacking me, you're attacking science, being the first to spout information without science, without a reason, or maybe it was, maybe this is the key here, maybe that was the scientific reason that he had been a part of his entire career and was simply stating the truth, but then, as the, especially this man mask. Uh, issue from last April, he joined in other doctors and health agencies who all of a sudden said, oh no, we've got to wear a mask. It's the thing that will help. And the reality is, is most people don't wear a mask properly. Most people don't have the mask on, right? They don't have a mask that will actually work in the sense that we believe them to work. And then we got into this, you know, one mask, two mask, you know, again, a lot of issues here. I'm not attacking if he actually legitimately learned something fine, but my question is, he is the scientific leader, as he's called himself, uh, self-proclaimed, and yet in this, he is saying, um, the first time was like, oh, there's no reason to wear a mask. I mean, come on. That's, I mean, that was his, his attitude. Later, and, and then just a few, a week or two later, changes it. Why? I think more public perception than anything else. You know, is there ways that the mask can help? Yes. You know, if you're close, if you have symptoms, if you, you know, if you those, again, this is another area, which again, if, is it wrong for people to question what is the, uh, the scientific background of many of what, or much of what Tony Fauci says? Well, all I know is this, there's a lot going on in the world and we're going to get back to Tony Fauci here in just a second. But if you're actually out there trying to piece through this, this is why you listen to the Doug Collins podcast. You want to know the truth. You want to hear about what's going on in, in the world and how we can, uh, as conservatives relate to it. One of the things is that you need to have truth. You need to have a navigator. You need to have somebody who's been there that can walk you through it. That's what we would have assumed from Tony Fauci, but yet we've shown this to be not true. But when it comes to your retirement and your personal finances, there is somebody that you can actually trust. Legacy Precious Metals is a way to fight through all of the disinformation, to fight through the, the stock markets that are up one day, down the next. The, the rumors and rumors of recession and rumors of, of inflation and, and, and the reality of inflation taking away buying power. All of this comes in to those who actually have been there, who've been through this before and they know how to navigate through. And Legacy Precious Metals can be your best navigator in this time. Gold offers a hedge of, uh, against inflation and protects you from volatile financial markets. It's something that you can use to protect not only your finances, but their, your retirements. You need somebody like our, my friends at Legacy Precious Metals who will be willing to come and actually formulate something that is right for you. That is the big key. When you have information, you take the information, you take it to somebody who can help you navigate through all of these uh, things that are in the financial market that can affect you and your finances and your retirements. You know, they are there for you. Legacy Precious Metals, give them a call today. Tell them Doug Collins told them to give you a call at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. Or you can visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. You need the navigators at Legacy Precious Metals to help you navigate your finances. All right, back to our discussion of I Am Science. Uh, Anthony Fauci. 
Uh, just a few things before we get in. The one thing that, that gets me the most about Fauci, though, is, is really what I'll call is the fear factor. Uh, going on TV and saying, oh, you can't see, you know, you know, Christmas. We don't need to have Christmas this year. We don't need to have Thanksgiving this year. You know, you need to be avoiding big... Again, what is amazing to me all throughout these many pronouncements about, you know, football could be a, you know, the, the stadiums could be a super spreader, the, you know, events with families at Christmas and all these kind of things that have just been sort of building up. But yet when there were big events of proportionately liberal, whether they be what we saw in rioting and, and protests last year or what we see at parties where you see the left who promote masks everywhere but wearing no mask like the Met Gala and so many other things Fauci's quiet he doesn't say anything about those again it's it's interesting to me that he is quiet um, on so many of these issues that are just contradictory but this this issue of of fear is a is something that I want to, to focus on for just a minute is it you know Fauci himself, I mean, President Trump, former President Trump, was, is actually criticized a great deal of not taking the virus seriously. Now, I, I have a hard time figuring out why that is true. Uh, he tried to tap down fear. I mean, he's been criticized for that. Uh, but he started when I was in Congress. I mean, at the end of January, he started the task force, put Vice President Pence in charge. I mean, they started looking at this. He was on it every day. He you know, was having briefings, uh, started getting resources, getting everything together. Um, I mean, then started Operation Warp Speed, which led to the vaccine. I mean, just so many things. Um, but taking it seriously because he wasn't the doom and gloom sort of looking the camera and saying, you know, we're all in trouble. This is going to be, he, he kept a positive outbeat thing. We're going to get through this. Um, and had others around him though, that were, uh, saying a similar thing. In fact, what was interesting is Fauci, uh, had downplayed the virus itself. You know, some the same thing that President Trump was criticized for, saying last uh, in February of 2020, the public should not be frightened. By March, he was singing a different tune, warning the people that they needed to stop, the, they needed to do their part to stop the spread and take the virus seriously. Uh, Dr. Burks himself also used uh, the now discredited imperial uh, modeling that uh, it was used to, for the shutdowns, which has been shown to be uh, have, you know, problem events. Um, again, it just over and over and over, we see these issues with Anthony Fauci, but yet he is credited as, uh, I am science, uh, Tony Fauci. And this is, uh, you know, just again, just, just a reminder here, you know, this is the same man who got into it with Rand Paul in the Senate hearings and, and all but denied that, the NIH and, and he had no knowledge of the studies being done in Wuhan, and yet we now find out they were funding them. Through a secondary source, they were funding this stuff. And, and nobody's held him accountable for that. I haven't seen the mainstream media bring him before, you know, the place here to say, oh, we got to talk about this. This is terrible. You know, Fauci lied. You know, people died. I mean, that kind of thing. But nobody says it. I mean, the mainstream media just completely gives him a pass on it. Um, that... These are the kind of things that, again, when you're not held accountable for, is the things that frustrate uh, so many uh, folks. I mean, you remember uh, just, you know, recently, you know, you're talking about how many people would actually 
die from this. I mean, spread it, uh, you know, a, a lot higher than it was. He, you know, in early on said cruises were okay. On March 9th, I mean, a few days before the, the shutdown last year, which was an error. He, I mean, he, again, the issues that have been spread by Dr. Fauci are many. The contradictions are numerous. I am okay if you think that, you know, you said something and you need to correct it. That is fine. But the problem that I have with his brand statement is this. If you're going to say criticizing you is an indicator that you don't uh, trust science. It's an indicator that you're just easily, you're, you're trying to play the martyr here, Dr. Fauci, and say that, oh, when they just attack me, it's easier just to attack me, but what they're really doing is attacking science. All I got to say to that is bull. You're, you're just playing poor pitiful Fauci to a sympathetic audience on Face the Nation in light of another variant that is coming, which probably others will come, on honest questions about what has been going on and what you have said that people look to you and, and question. Although one side never questions you, no matter how many different pronouncements you make, the other side, when they question you, you say, look, I represent science. If that's representing science, Dr. Fauci, we all need to take another look at what we learned in our classes growing up through high school and college as to what the scientific method is. Does that mean that we just say what we want to say and then check it out? That's called a hypothesis. Hey, I think it may be this. Let's go check it out. But you're not good. You're not doing that. You're saying, here's what we need. And then, unfortunately, either through pressure from other colleagues or, or doctors or others, you're saying, well, don't need to do that. We need to reverse course. Again, quit playing the science card if you're simply playing the opinion card. Because our country, our world, we need true scientific facts. We need to take precautions. We need to take everything we need to. If you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. The vaccine is there. Thank you, Warp Speed. Thank you, President Trump, for getting it to the market as quickly as it possibly did for as many people around the world as taking it. We need to continue this fact. But also, when you look around, there's a lot of variants out there. Dr. Fauci is becoming just one of the noises out there that, unfortunately, people still run to, but yet ignore the history that comes out there. That is a problem. Another problem that I have uh, just sort of witnessed over the last little bit, and that was uh, coming in, is I was having trouble uh, getting something at night that would actually kick my head and keep it in the proper position where I wanted to sleep. And that was just frustrating. No matter what many pill I brought, I couldn't get comfortable. I like to sleep on my side. I like to keep my head propped up. I have some sinuses issues. Couldn't ever do it. And that's when I found my pillow. The folks at my pillow who right now are still churning out one of the best products, the my pillow product in the world, the original my pillow. You can take it. It's, it's wonderful. You can shape it. It shapes the shape. It, it forms to where you want to when you're sleeping. Gives you a great night's sleep. You team that with the Giza Dream bed sheets, and they are a wonderful night's sleep. My wife and I have been. Ex Lisa love uh, the my pillow products, and right now, I mean, every you know the folks at my pillow and Mike have been shut out from some of the big box stores, but they're staying. In the, and giving you the savings. In fact, right now you can get the lowest price in history of my pillow for their classic standard my pillow, regular $69.98, now for only $19.98 with promo code Collins, C O L L I N S. Also, the queen size, regularly $79.98, you can get it for $24.98. King size, what I use, $89.98, you can get it for $29.98 with promo code Collins. 
Uh, this will work on MyPillow.com. You can give them a call, go online. But also, I want to say as well, if you're getting that time, and I know we're down here and in, in, uh, all over, it's getting cool again outside. It's getting cold in the mornings. You need something to slip your feet into. Uh, the My Slippers is something on the website. Go see MyPillow.com. Look at the My Slippers. Uh, they are wonderful. Lisa wears them all the time. Uh, they're one of the only slippers that I have ever worn that I like. Uh, is something that you can find. All the products there on the MyPillow website, go see it. Use code, promo code Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S. You will not uh, regret it. You can go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-986-3994. Use promo code Collins to take advantage of all of these special offers. All right, back to wrapping some things up from coming off of a uh, Thanksgiving break. You know, one of the things that, just it was very frustrating over the last little bit was this idea that America and, and this discussion that we have had in which many want us to uh, erase our past, not talk about our past, this, this issue of, you know, that, or that we're a systematically racist country, that everything and, and so many things that are uh, about our history and, and the people in our history that we, we take down uh, statues, we take down uh, names, we do all this in, in order to uh, erase the the racist legacy of some of these individuals. Um, I, I think it's very interesting when we actually come to the point where Thomas Jefferson just this past week was taken down in New York City, uh, the City Hall. That I mean, George Washington. I mean, Frederick Douglass has been you know pro, you know monuments have been removed. But the one thing that just got me is I am one who am very still thankful for this country. With its warts, with its problems, with its troubles, with its history. Yes, there are problems in our history. Yes, we need, as conservatives, we need to be on the front line of actually accepting people and bringing people in and, and giving them that God-given ability to become whatever they want to do. And, you know, the, these are the kind of things that we need to promote. And Thanksgiving, of all of the times, is a simply a time set aside to give thanks. To give thanks. Now, it is attached to, to those uh, who founded our, you know, came to our country, settled on our shores, that first meal. It, it, it's all wrapped up into our history. But yet, at the same point in time, it is understandable that, too, that there is a point in our, in our country in which we just need to give thanks. Thanks for the fact of the way that we live. Thanks for the fact that in our country, that even sometimes some of our worst issues are nothing compared to what we see around the world. It is the reason that right now people are flooding across our southern borders wanting to come in. It is a reason that you look around the world and everybody uh, focuses on uh, the music, the movies, the books, the thoughts, the science, the production, everything coming out of America is what the world wants. Uh, just for a moment, you know, realizing that America is and we have been gifted a very special place. We've been gifted with a constitution that after 200 plus years still works. We've been gifted with freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom uh, to dissent, freedom to do those things that, that make us uh, who I believe the creator intended us to be. However, it's not good enough for everybody. In this woke culture, in which, by the way, it's interesting to me that all the folks that uh, that are struggling with uh, the poll numbers with Joe Biden right now, they refuse to realize that the the American people 
are tired of it seeming like Joe Biden and his administration and the Democrats in Washington are focused on everything else but the real issues of inflation, costs going up, and, and the jobs and can't find, you know, employers who can't find employees. And all they're focused on is the social reengineering through the uh, Build Back Better plan or the transportation plan or others. Um, this is why, if you look at the underlying current of polls and debates, this is why you lost. This is why you lost the elections in, in Virginia, why you lost some of the seats in, in New Jersey. But again, the left just can't help themselves. So what do we do instead of enjoying Thanksgiving we start celebrating the National Day of Mourning for the indigenous people. The CDA, our Black College Democrats, uh, today, we're, this is a tweet, today we're in National Day of Mourning. We stand with the indigenous people of Turtle Island by recognizing and reflecting of the evils of genocide and colonialism today. And every day we affirm that we are on stolen land and that indigenous people are rightful owners. Continuing on. You know, D.C. College Democrats, we want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. But we would be remiss not to acknowledge what this holiday truly is and what it means for the indigenous folks across our country. Um, this is the same, by the way, College Democrats has had a lot of issues here recently. But Black Lives Matter couldn't stay out of this either. Uh, and talked about colonization never ended. It just became normalized. Uh, talking about our people, find out here about uh, ancestral homeland you are currently on. They actually also put out another tweet that uh, said, while you're eating uh, dry turkey and overcooked stuffing on stolen land. Uh, again, it, it, it just amazes me uh, that this is the same folks, by the way, that their leadership owns five very, very expensive houses in the United States, you know, here on this, quote, stolen land. Uh, you know, it's amazing to me that, you know, the, the more of, you know, that you seem to make it here, um, you know, Patrice, uh, colors million dollar, uh, real estate properties, um, you know, as protests were breaking out all over the country, she's buying real estate. I mean, is that not buying it on stolen land or is that hypocrisy just a little bit too much for you? This is, you know, these kind of problems just amaze me. Folks, we have been given a gift. You may not like the gift. You may still disagree. And do we have a long way to go? Yes. Okay. Do we still need to learn every day how to treat people as equals? Yes. Do we need to learn how to have a more civil tone in what we do? Yes. Do we need to fight for what we believe in and fight passionately for what we believe in? Yes. But I can't think of anybody else in the world where you can do this. In fact, you know, the very essence of our country is founded on your First Amendment right to say and to do and to assemble and to be a part of even things that you don't agree with. That is the very things that we need to keep in mind. And so when we do those kind of things, when we understand these kind of things, this is the kind of thing that just really, really bothers me on Thanksgiving. Can we just take a moment to be thankful that we live in a country in which we can acknowledge our past and acknowledge our present and hope for the future? Is it, is it possible without moving into a who's more woke debate about where our country came from and how it existed and how it came. You know, it, at this point in time, unless you trace your lineage back thousands of years, everybody is living on land that at one point in time, they probably, their ancestors didn't come from. A lot of them didn't. A lot of them in Europe, you know, come, they're colonial. But as people expand out, my 
relatives came from other places, but America has always been a melting pot for everyone. This is the part that just bothers me. We can keep rehashing about what is wrong or bad, or we can acknowledge it and say, what do we do to, to work forward? How do we do this as we go forward as a country? And, and that's the, the issue that I think so many um, uh, of our people, or the people in the country are waiting for. They're just waiting um, for us to have honest conversations. Because at the end of the day, I'll just say this. With Thanksgiving in the rearview mirror now, Thanksgiving for, for many is a time in which they see their families, they have a time to eat, or they have a time to share. For some, you know, you have always the, the family squabbles or the family arguments, but at the end of the day, it's about coming together and sharing what's good about this country. I mean, every day of the year, you have a chance to share what you don't like. And even on Thanksgiving, you have that right. But isn't there at least a time when you're thankful for the right to protest? Now, let's just put it in a different perspective. You're thankful for the right to to, to, to have the ability to tweet things like that. I guess not for some as they move forward. This is uh, really just the frustrating part for, for so many as we come on. Folks, we have got so much uh, left, you know, coming up here in the next uh, few weeks on the, th uh, the Doug Collins podcast. We're going to be delving into these issues. We've got some great guests coming up. We're trying to get Daryl Scott on, Reverend out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, great friend. Uh, to this program uh, and a great friend uh, uh, coming up, his pastor and his work in the community. Uh, we're going to have Matthew Whitaker on this week, former acting attorney general who uh, came to light uh, when he took over uh, before Bill Barr was uh, named. And it plays a real part in my book, uh, The Clock in the Calendar. If you've not got a copy, it's still available to get a copy uh, of The Clock in the Calendar. Go out and get it for Christmas. You can get it in time for uh, gift giving during this season. Uh, you can get it anywhere you get your books uh, online or you can go to stores uh, called The Clock in the Calendar. So it's my discussion of the uh, Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump. Matt Whitaker plays a big role in that. Looking forward to talking with him this week and sharing those uh, times with you. Uh, but this is just a lot going on. My thing is be safe. Enjoy the freedoms you have. And every once in a while, give thanks. Because when you give thanks, a thankful heart is a grateful heart. And then we can look at each other and say, I may disagree with you. I don't like you. I don't like what you say. But I respect the right that we live here in America. And we can come to an agreement that, that the rights that we've been given are the reason we have a grateful and thankful nation. When we have that, we have everything. So, folks, go out. Be thankful for what you got. God bless you. We'll see you the next time on the Doug Collins Podcast. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.